Welcome to Common Ground Church Rondebosch, a community based in Cape Town, South Africa, who believe that if Jesus is who He says He is, that changes everything. Our sermon podcast aims to unpack this reality, rooted in Scripture and dependent on God's Spirit. Psalm 118 verse 1 says, O give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Please continue listening for today's message. Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. This time of the year or the celebration of New Year is quite a notable one for me because it was my birthday yesterday. I turned 26 with 10 years experience. With 10 years experience, but it was a, a great celebration. And just to say that if you do have gifts at the involvement desk, we've cleared a place. No, I'm just kidding. I got absolutely spoiled. It's such a celebration uh, with our uh, family, but it is always a time when I head into the new year. It's an exciting time in our family. But uh, we also have a farewell moment, and uh, the Erasmus family are heading to McGregor. Ruth and Eugene, guys, can you just you can just put up your hand? You don't need to step up. But they're heading to McGregor to a farm out there. They're going to do some subsistence farming. They're going to be working remotely, and they've been part of this family for years, and we want to just say thank you. You guys have poured out your life into this congregation. Ruth, Moms Com, Kids Rock, other things. Eugene, also in worship for so many years. We want to just honor you guys and just say thank you for spending your lives here and that you're going to be missed, but we wish you all the best as you head off to farm in, in McGregor. Can we just encourage them? Um, We're going to have a moment after the meeting, we're going to pray for them. So come join me if you know them, come lay hands as we pray for them as they head out. But it's only been a few hours into the new year. It's only been a few hours. I hope it's going well. I hope it's going well, the few hours into the new year. It's about this time that those New Year's resolutions start kicking in. This is it. It's only been a few hours and the New Year's resolutions are, are kicking off. Some of us, we've made these, these goals, these plans for this year. We've got them, some of us, up on the wall or we put them in our diaries. Uh, but we all have a different way of kicking off a new uh, year. And I saw this meme on Facebook and I had to share it. And, uh, and this was it that I came across. It said, nobody claimed 2023 as your year. We're all going to walk in real slow. Be good, be quiet, be cautious and respectful. Don't touch anything. Don't touch anything. And after the last three years, it kind of makes sense. It feels like, it feels like we've had a couple of far, a false starts. So we've started off the year. There's been COVID and all these types of things. And so you head into 2023. Some of us, we're a little bit anxious heading into 2023 because we don't know what's going to come. And uh, uh, I think when we look at this meme, the one thing is, is that it's a fresh reminder that we're not in control, that God is. It's a fresh reminder that we're not in control, God is, and that the number one thing, well, the thing that I think we need this year as we go into 2023 is humility. <clears throat> it's humility. It's humility before God and as we ultimately submit our plans to the Lord. And we submit our plans to the Lord. There's a proverb that says, man makes his plan, but the Lord directs his steps. And I pray that we have a humility as we enter into 2023. And so that was just a fresh reminder to me by God through a meme on Facebook. And uh, we're going to continue in that vein today. And I want to speak to us today about the spiritual importance of gratitude and thanksgiving. Of gratitude and thanksgiving. And usually around this time, we'll spend this meeting 
looking back on 2022 and we're gonna celebrate God's faithfulness in 2022. We make much of him, which is great. But what I want to put to us today is that I think that our our kind of required heart disposition or our, our default setting in our heart that we need is gonna be gratitude and thanksgiving as we go into 2023. And that gratitude is gonna be more than us just counting our blessings, but primarily that it's about refreshing our souls and how blessed we are in Christ. It's refreshing our souls in how blessed we are in Christ and making much of God in that. And uh, I'm gonna mention a whole bunch of scriptures this morning, but I wanna anchor this morning in 1 Thessalonians 5, it's 16 to 18. And in the book of Thessalonians, Paul's been to Thessalonica and he's been with the church, but he's been with them for a short time. He's left them. They're a very young church. He's worried about the maturity of their faith. He doesn't want them to get sideswiped by other beliefs or false prophets or anything like that. So he writes this letter to them. And part of what he does is he charges and challenges them in the maturity of the faith. And a big thing that he says is says, live in anticipation of Christ's return. Live in light of that day. And we're excited because we're gonna spend a lot of time in this book uh, in, the, in the year to come. We've got a series coming up on, on Thessalonians. It's gonna be great. Um, and then he goes off and he rattles off a whole lot of imperatives, a whole lot of commands, a whole lot of things that he says, do this to live the Christian life well in the Lord. <clears throat> and he mentions these three. Uh, amongst the others, he says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks, thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And there's those three commands there, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will in Christ Jesus. And immediately you can think, Garth, you don't have the year I've had. I don't wanna give thanks for these circumstances, but that's, that's not what Paul's saying. He's not saying give thanks for these circumstances, because they are, they're terrible circumstances. What he's saying is we can give thanks in all circumstances. Rejoice, pray, and give thanks in <clears throat> all circumstances. And we say, why would God command this, that we do this? Why would God command that we do this? And I wanna make a case today. There's two reasons, so you can all take a deep breath. I've got two points today. Take a deep, deep breath. And there's two reasons, and my two points are that we have enough in Christ to be thankful in all circumstances. And secondly, I think he commands us to do this because it is good for our souls to do this. It is good for our souls to do this. Let's pray. Lord, <clears throat> thank you that we can be your people gathered in this new year in 2023. We don't claim it as our year. We know that it has always been your year with the rest of all the years, Lord. We come this morning and we submit our plans to you. We say that you're on control, you're on the throne. We trust you with everything. Pray that you would speak to us through your word this morning. Come and shape our hearts, Lord. We desire to listen to you and what you have to say. In your mighty name, we pray. Amen. All right. So firstly, we have enough in Jesus to be thankful in all circumstances. And this is good news for the Christ follower because our gratitude levels don't need to be found in our circumstances around us. And there's good things that God does in his grace. He answers prayer, he does so much. These wonderful deeds that the, that the Lord does. And we're gonna have a moment to reflect on that as we look into 2022. But primarily, I wanna say to us that our, uh, our gratitude is found in Jesus, who he is, what he's done for us, and our position in him. 
And so I want to mention a couple of things of why we can be grateful in Christ. And the first three are summed up in Psalm 100. It says, for the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Beautiful truth, God is good. He's good. In other words, God always acts in accordance to what is right, what is true, what is good. It's part of his nature. He can't deny himself. God is the standard of all that is good. He is the standard of all that is good. And often we need to remind ourselves about this. God did not create evil. He did not create darkness. No, God is good. He is holy. He is righteous. And he can't deny himself. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift comes from above. We can be grateful that God is good and he desires good for us. God is good and he desires good for us. Secondly, his love lasts forever. Some translations say his mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. But by his very nature, he shows limitless, everlasting mercy, even to those that don't deserve it. Psalm 103, 8 to 10 says this, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our inequities. We can be thankful that God doesn't give up on us. He doesn't get fed up with us because his love is based on him. He is love and his love endures forever. It is everlasting because he is everlasting. And then we look at the wonderful deeds he does for us. Psalm 107, 8, he says, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds to mankind. And we can thank God for the amazing things that he does for his, for his provision, where he creates a way where there is no way. We can celebrate the good things that God has done in our lives. And I think we need to get away from, uh, there's a weird theology that says that you can't thank God for small things. We can't thank God for small things. They almost seem trite. And I can understand that where we make much of small things in our hearts and not much of God. We've got to be careful of that. But we can magnify the Lord in all things in big things and small things. I went to home affairs the other day to register some marriages and I was running out of time as you do towards the end of the year. I prayed, Lord, please, will you help me? I don't know how, will you help me get in and out of here as quick as possible? And the Lord heard the cries of his people. <laughs> I got there, there was, there was two people there, they vanished. I walked in and I walked up to the front and I got, and I didn't walk out going, well, you see what I did there? I walked out going, thank you, Jesus, you made a way. He parted the Red Sea like the queue. He just made a way and I was able to go to the front and I did it. But I praised God. There's something of my heart and the gratitude and the thanksgiving that goes, Lord, even in the small things, even in this thing, even in that thing, let me make much of you. This is all you, every perfect gift. And it's not about the gifts. It's about who we're making much of, who we're glorifying in that and our heart of gratitude that we have. Which leads us to our next point, he, that he answers prayer. Praise God that he answers prayer. Psalm 118 says, I will give thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. And we can be thankful that God answers prayer. And we've had many celebrations this moment, uh, many celebration moments this year. The Lord has answered prayer. A few months ago, um, there was a lady that came forward for prayer and um, she asked me to pray for her marriage, felt like her husband was uh, distant from God and their marriage was struggling. 
and that she had an application that she had to put in for a job overseas. And there was a whole bunch of requirements. She had to get her a driver's license. She had to do a whole bunch of things that seemed impossible. And we sat and we prayed together. We prayed very specifically into all those things. Two weeks later, she came back to church and says, I'm back and here's my husband. And we just had an amazing chat and he's back at church and things are going well. And we'd love you to pray for us for the application because we wanna still pray that the Lord would uh, meet these requirements for the job. And so we prayed again. And two weeks later, oh sorry, three weeks ago, I got a note, um, she didn't have my number in the front, would you call this person? And I got that and so I called this person. She said, I just needed to tell you, the Lord's answered all those prayers. Every single one of them and we're heading off overseas. And all we did on the phone was praise God. We just said, wow, wow, and we praised God. Another story, a guy, a friend of mine for two years, he's in this congregation, been praying for provision, been praying for a job. We struggled and he had done so many jobs, so many applications. Racha, was a moment after the meeting, he came to me, he said, I've got another interview, I've made two interviews, can we pray? We prayed. The next week he came to me, he said, we've got the job. And we jumped up and down, Racha, people thought we were crazy. And we praised God, we praised God. Thanksgiving, gratitude, recognition. Lord, you answer prayers, you're faithful, we trust you. Praise you, praise you. And I know for some of us, we're still praying. For some of us, we're still praying. We might feel like our prayers are unanswered and we need to trust in the Lord's timing. But like Ollie was preaching a couple of weeks ago, what he said is, is that it's not the mustering up of our faith, it's the object of our faith that we keep trusting in. It's him that we keep trusting in. And we can rest in God's character and who he is and in his time. But don't stop praying, don't stop praying. And for some of us, we get into this position or we get into a place where we're living in answered prayer and we don't have any recognition of that. And I wanna guard us against that. There's been things that we've prayed for that we're living in that we've taken for granted, that we've taken God for granted in that way. Think about the prayers that you've prayed and think about what God has answered. There have been moments, there have been moments, and this might be silly, where I'm walking and I go, I just do that. I just do that. Because there's something where I'm going, this is you, Lord. This is your hand. This is your desire. This is what you have created. There's a heart that is just the recognition, the thanksgiving of the Lord who's in control, who's done it, who gets all the glory. And it's about our hearts practicing, glorifying God in the things that he does, not about the things that he does. We also have um, God's wisdom and he's revealed truth to us. And we, uh, as we went through our series in James, we spoke about this. We can ask for wisdom in faith and we can receive it. We can thank the Lord that we have the user manual for life in his ways, in his word, and that his truth brings life, that his word is a lamp to our feet. We can also thank him that that truth sets free. That truth sets free. We don't have to follow our heart, we don't have to follow our ways, but we can look to him, we can look to his wisdom. Through the ups and downs in life, we can look to him who's consistent, we can follow his ways. His ways are higher than ours, and we can be thankful. We can thankful. And lastly, on this point, most of all, we can be thankful for our salvation in the Lord. We can be thankful in our salvation in the Lord. Like Gulam said earlier, 
waters from the well of salvation. Waters from the well of salvation. Oh, that God gave his son to save us from the punishment of sin. That he gave us new life, that he saved us. For those who believe, he saved us. He's taken our sin, he's given us his righteousness. He's changed the course of history and he's changed our lives forever. That is a beautiful truth. There's enough in here for us to be grateful for eternity. And we should be. When, most of you know my story, but uh, when I came to faith, I was very much stuck in sin. I was in a very bad place. And um, God had rescued me by his grace. I came to faith and for about six months was just spending time with the Lord and he would restore me. And uh, what would happen is I'd, need to go to, I'd know that I'd need to go to church. And so I'd go to church and this would be the, the closest church to my house or to my folks' place. So I got up, I walked and I came here and I sat right at the back there where that, that desk was. And someone came up to me and they said, um, lovely to meet you, do you wanna come join a life group? Do you wanna be with us? And I thought this place was amazing. It's amazing, I've heard about Christ, I've been saved, and now there's a whole family that I can join. Went to the first life group, Mark Rima was there, he's been playing worship. It was just him, I, and another couple. They were starting a fresh group at that time, eating together, and let me tell you, at that time, the words that I kept saying was this, oh, I'm just happy to be here. I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. Can I tell you what he's done? Can I tell you what he's done? And you know what happens is that there was something in my heart that knew the grace of God, the love of God, and who he was that stirred up a gratitude in my heart. And it was this salvation that I could recall, that I could make much of him in, that stirred this gratitude up in my heart. And what happens is, is that as I've become a pastor, my prayer has been, Lord, take me back to when I was 23, sitting at the back of the church, where I just was overwhelmed by your salvation, by your rescue, by who you are. Take me back to that heart there, because this heart can grow cold. It can get a bit musty. I need to be reminded about that. I want to get back to the place of gratitude and overflowing with thanksgiving, where you just walk around going, I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to be here. We're gonna take a moment just to pause and reflect now. You've got a little piece of paper there. I know a lot of you are thinking this is a perfect time to land. I've still got one more point just to let you know. But I'd like you to take that piece of paper. I've spoken about these truths about God's character. And I want us to look back just on 2022. And I want you to just think about these truths that I've spoken about. And we're gonna take a minute, it will feel like eternity, it'll feel like an hour, but it's just a minute. We're gonna take a minute, some music's gonna play, and I'd love you to reflect on these truths about God. I'd love you to give thanks to God for who he is. I'd love you to think through his grace through this year and moments that we can make much of him for. And we're gonna take this moment, take this minute, and just write down things that you can think of. Don't need to rush it. But I just wanted to pause in that moment where we can just have a moment of giving thanks looking back. So let's do that. Some music will play. I'll give you a minute. You can finish off your last ones. 
So if I can say that if there's a practice that you might want to adopt in 2023, maybe this can be the start of it. And uh, something happens when we write stuff down, that's why we have pencils and paper, it becomes a little bit more of a reality. And uh, maybe as you spend time with God into 2023, you wanna make it a practice of that thanksgiving, that rejoicing in the Lord and that acknowledgement. And not just to say them out loud, but also maybe to write them down as you reflect on who he is, as you reflect on the beauty of our salvation, as you reflect on and honor the things that God has done. My last point, second point, with a few points in it, is it is good for our souls to give thanks. It's good for our souls. One of the blessings that we have is we've got a pool at home. It really is a blessing, especially on days like this. The last three months, though, it has felt like a little bit of a curse because it's gone all different colors each and every day. It's gone from green to dark green to brown, back to dark green, back to super blue, like it lights up at night. And uh, I've had to go to the pool shop quite a lot um, as well. I've thought about buying shares in the pool shop. That way I'll make more money instead of spending money. But chatting to anyone that deals with pools, they'll tell you one thing about a pool is that you can take as many chemicals as you want and you can throw them into the pool. But unless the pH is right, you're throwing chemicals and money down the drain. It's not gonna do anything. And I see some people have struggled with their pools doing this and shaking their heads as well. But that's what happens. You wanna get the pH right because everything that you put in then will actually take within the pool and it'll be effective. And I wonder if the Lord's instruction, it's not a perfect analogy, but I wonder if the Lord's instruction and command to us to be grateful, to remain prayerful, to rejoice, is actually something of a blessing to us in that it brings the correct pH to our souls in many ways. Not only guards our heart, but it leads into humility and joy and contentment and that gratitude in a way, gratitude in the Lord is something of a hinge that opens the door to many godly attributes in our lives. I wonder if that's it. We can strive outside of God to try and be things, to try and staple fruit to a tree. I wonder if the Lord doesn't say, well, why don't you practice this of making much of me in thanksgiving and see how your heart change, see how your heart and your perspective changes in that. And sometimes I know it's tough to give thanks. Some of us are sitting saying, God, you don't know the year that I've had. The last thing I feel like doing is sitting and giving thanks. And I don't know the year that you've had, but, but Jesus does. And he still tells us to give thanks because he knows that it is good for our souls. It is good for us. It's what we need. In fact, when the circumstances get harder, it's probably what we need the most. Rejoicing prayer, thanksgiving to God for our souls, to remind us, to recalibrate our lenses spiritually. And whenever Paul uh, talks about thanksgiving, he does. He talks about that prayer and he talks about rejoicing as well. We see in our passage, he says, rejoice in the Lord, pray continuously in every circumstance and give thanks. And then we see in Philippians 4, 4 verse 7, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice, that your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Colossians 4.2, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. We see this recipe again and again and again. Rejoice, pray, give thanks. Rejoice, pray, 
and give thanks. Rejoice, meaning remind yourself of the joy that you have in the Lord. Praise God joyfully. Find your joy in the Lord. When he says continue in prayer, I don't think he's saying pray every second of every day. What he's saying is have an attitude towards prayer that is wanting to keep the channels of communication open the entire time. It's seeking the presence of God. It's bringing petition. It's bringing supplication to the Lord. It's making much of him in the circumstances and looking to him in our circumstances. This is supplication. It talks about being specific in prayer, being specific in prayer. Charles Spurgeon says this, he says, when joy and prayer are married, the firstborn child is gratitude. When prayer and joy are married, the firstborn child is gratitude. And we've spoken about this importance of giving thanks. But we see this recipe of this command. It's not a suggestion, it's a command. And I wanna mention just a couple of reasons why it's good for our soul, and then we're gonna to come to the tables. Firstly, I'd say it's good for our souls because it takes our eyes off us and it puts it on Jesus. It takes our eyes off us and puts it on Jesus. Our default setting is to look to ourselves for answers. And uh, as I've mentioned, God's ways are higher than ours. And one of the blessings that we have as we pray, as we rejoice in God, as we give thanks, is we focus our attention on the one that is worthy. And part of my wrestle with negative thoughts has not been for me to try and think more positive thoughts of myself or of situations or to try and empty my mind in some way. But actually the wrestle, the solution for me has been in many ways to think less of myself in myself and focus my attention on God externally, focus on Him. And some of us, we try and fight this in our own strength and what we need to do is think less in ourselves, less of ourselves and put our minds towards Jesus. And it's one of the blessings that we have. You want a less burden 2023, take our eyes off ourselves, put it towards Jesus. Anxiety as we head into 2023, take our, 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 um, our focus off ourselves, let's fix our gaze on Jesus. When we struggle and we wrestle internally, let's not go back internally, let's go externally to look to Jesus, take our eyes off ourselves and we glorify God in that. Also, it strengthens our faith, faith in, 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 in tough circumstances. Psalm 28, this is David's sort of psalm of distress. He's crying out to God for mercy and protection and, and justice. But after he cries out in these tough circumstances, it says this, it says, praise be to the Lord for he has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy and I will give thanks to him in song. In the midst of hardship, David remembers who God is. And as a result of knowing God, of trusting God, there's gratitude, there's joy, and there's song that comes from that. And I know that some of us have gone through very, very tough years. And it's important to know that in, when I speak about gratitude, I'm not just speaking about positive thinking. It's not about seeing the glass half full through tough times. But it's us putting our trust and our hope in Him who is unshakable. It's putting our trust and our hope into Him to whom is unshakable. And it helps remind our souls of the unshakable foundation that we have in Christ. That's what it helps to do. It, it gives us a fresh awakening to who He is and this unshakable foundation that we have. Another thing it does is it guards our hearts. 
Uh, Paul reminds us in Ephesians that we are in spiritual warfare, that our hearts are prone to wonder, that we need to be on guard. And at the heart of man is evil. Paul writes this in Romans 1. He says, although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. He talks about ingratitude being part of the downward spiral to the human heart. And so naturally, the human condition, there is grumbling, there's cynicism, there's whining, there's complaining. It's part of our human nature. I had a, a joke about a guy that goes to a restaurant, orders the soup and bread. The waitress comes up to him and says, how was it? And she says, it was great, except there wasn't really enough bread. It was just the two slices. So the next day came back, ordered it, and the waitress gave him three slices of bread. Said, how was it? Said, it was good. Says, the bread was just a bit sparse. Came back the next day, same thing, four slices. Said, it was good I could, if we just had enough, a little bit more bread. The next day, she just took the French loaf, cut it in half, broke it, and put it on his plate next to the soup. Came back later and said, well, was that good? He said, no, see, we're back to two slices again. (laughs) There's something of our heart's condition that is cynical, that grumbles, that can see it half empty, it's there. The Israelites walked through the Red Sea, they get to the other side, before they even get to walking through and in the wilderness, it's not long before they're going, the food was nice in Egypt, huh? Are you thirsty? I'm thirsty. At least we had water in Egypt. It's not long before they're looking back. The grumbling begins, it's in our hearts. And our hearts are guarded when we give thanks and we rejoice in the Lord. It's very hard to praise God, to give him thanks and complain at the same time. To do it simultaneously. The other thing is that we get to live presently. Ecclesiastes 7.10 says, Say not, why were the former days better than these? For it is not for wisdom that you asked, from wisdom that you asked this. And gratitude in God. There's a way of grounding us, producing a contentment in us that reminds us that we serve a big, powerful God, that we're living within his coordinates. You think about worry, it's, the, it's repetitively thinking of the negative outcomes that might happen in the future. Gratitude has a way of just bringing us back, reminding us who God is, fixing us in our coordinates and living presently. And also allows us, it reminds us to trust in the God of the future. Trust in the God of the future. It makes ordinary days spiritually extraordinary. It makes ordinary days spiritually extraordinary. And it's hard to, to long for better days or better circumstances when we're filled with gratitude and contentment in the Lord. There's something of a contentment that becomes a foundation to us. And Psalm 118:24 says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The last one, it changes the way that we live and how we respond. Ephesians 5, 4 says, let there be no filthiness, no silly talk, no levity, which is not fitting, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Gratitude in the Lord changes our hearts, therefore changes our actions, changes our speech. Giving thanks changes our conversation, changes our relationships, it glorifies God. Have you ever entered a conversation where there's lots of complaining and grumbling and talking either about someone or something and it just becomes this downward spiral of everyone just kind of agrees with one another and they're grumbling. And it takes one person to say, I don't know if it's that bad. 
And suddenly the spiral starts coming up. And by the end of the conversation, everyone's like, yeah, no, I don't think it is that bad. And I don't think and you start speaking about the good things and it starts happening. Just from one comment into a conversation and one person saying that. And there's something of gratitude that gives us a sober perspective on things in how we see God and how we see other things. And we live in a way that is thankful. We live in a way that is grateful and it glorifies God to others. People who live with gratitude, they often are joyful. They have the ability to point people's hearts towards God and also stir up gratitude towards God. They bring humility to situation, honesty to situation. They live in that way that says, oh, I know Jesus, I know what he's done. And spiritually, I'm just happy to be here. Happy to serve, I'm happy to be here. I'm content in the Lord. Their lives become a testimony to God's grace and his greatness. Because you see, a cynical, a cynical world that sees a person living a life of gratitude, it doesn't make sense to them. There's something, there's something up there. It must be from another kingdom. It must be from another source. And it is, and his name is Jesus. It is, and his name is Jesus, and he is glorified in that. And there is a light that shines in a people that walk thankful and grateful, practicing rejoicing in the Lord, constant in prayer. Psalm 105.1 says, give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done, what he has done. So earlier, um, we're gonna go into a time of communion now. And earlier we had a moment of reflection where we look back uh, on the year, we look back on 2022, and we look to God's character, and, and we're gonna have a moment now where we're gonna come to the tables. We're gonna look back 2,000 odd years, and we're gonna look back to what Jesus has done for us, and we're gonna remember that. And when Jesus would spend the last eve before he'd go to the cross with his disciples, he'd take some bread, he'd take some wine, and he'd say to them, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. I want you to take the bread and remember my body broken for you. And I want you to take the juice or the wine. I want you to remember my blood that was spilled out for you. And that salvation that I was speaking about earlier, there's this moment where we understand the finished work of the cross. And the Lord knows that our hearts are prone to one day. And he says, he gives us the sacrament to remember what he's done, to stir up our gratitude and remembrance of what he's done. And you know what the Bible says he did before he broke that bread and before he gave them that cup? The Bible says this, it says, he took a cup and when he had given thanks, when he had given thanks, and then he told them what to do. A guy named Russ Ramsey says this about Jesus giving thanks. He says, Jesus gives thanks for communion between God and man. When Jesus gives thanks, he gives thanks for being near to his people, for being not only present, but active in saving, nourishing, and illuminating the way food for the hungry, truth for the disciple, healing for the dead and dying, the body and the blood of Christ for sinners. Jesus thanks God for being near. He gives thanks. We have enough in Christ for 2023 and eternity to be thankful. It is good for our souls to rejoice in the Lord, to continue praying and to make much of him in thanksgiving. And so that's what we're gonna do now. Let's take these elements, let's rejoice in him. Let's pray prayers of praise and thanksgiving for what he's done in his finished work on the cross. Let our souls be awakened afresh to the beauty of his amazing grace. For the Lord is good, 
His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Praise God. Mark's gonna play. I'm gonna ask us to come and take the elements to have these prayers and then we're going to go into a time of singing. Let's come forward to the table.